Hello everyone, I'm Lucy Fanger, CEO of On Technology Partners, and I'm proud to be sponsoring our new program, Women's Stars. In each episode, we will spotlight an amazing woman and the struggles and triumphs that she has faced. Then we will reflect and share her insights. Our goal is to engage, entertain, and explore the women stars in our world today. I hope you enjoy. I want to thank you all for listening today. My name is Shanti Harkness, and I'm the media manager for On Technology Partners, a woman-owned company addressing cybersecurity and risk. As a woman-owned business for 30 years, we wanted to share the stories of women and the struggles, triumphs, and reflections they face. This is why we started Women Stars. Today, we'll be talking with Rhonda Toth. Rhonda, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Well, thanks, Shanti. And I've been looking forward to this and just, I feel so honored to be among this wonderful group of of women that that you're you're doing in the series. So thanks for asking me. It's an honor to have you. So before we begin, why don't you tell us something about yourself that others may not know or something exciting about yourself? Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I think when we were when we chatted earlier, you know, we, we went down a path of of pets and and talking about you know our dogs and our cats and uh, you know the animals in our lives that mean so much to us. And the funny thing is, our all of our pets ended up with a name that begins with the letter O. And I say ended up that way. It it, it started out with Oscar and Otis, and uh, Jim had a dog named Odessa. And then as time has gone on, we've We've adopted other pets. Uh, we had a rabbit named Oreo, and we had uh, two more cats named Ollie and Omer, and another another dog, Oakley. Uh, so as time has gone on, it's just it's just been a it just kind of happened that way. And and, and now that we look back at it, we're like, how did that even happen? But it, it's been fun. It is fun. So share with us a little bit about what you do, where you work, uh, what it's like, and how long you've been doing it. Yeah, thanks. Right now, I am, and I love what I'm doing, by the way. Um, and I think it's it's part of our pathway and how things unfold. Uh, I work for a company called Vision 360. It's a business intelligence data analytics company uh, for for small to mid sized businesses. I work with some large enterprise companies as well, but our sweet spot is is the mid market. And my role there is really twofold. I, I have two different hats that I wear. One is is more of a, a business development, client success, account manager role where I'm. I'm internal as well as external, uh, working with clients to identify opportunities. And then on the flip side with others, uh, I'm more in the weeds. I'm more in the jungle of, of project management, and I'm much deeper into what's happening with that client and the work that we're doing with them. So it's, it's like I said, sort of a flip-flop of, of, of what I do from time to time, but I, I love it. I love wearing multiple hats. <laughs> position because no no two days are exactly alike and it's just you know the the fruit of life it's it's just a lot of enjoyment in in being flexible and and you know having that excitement of of different things every day yeah wonderful no two days are the same absolutely so how did you decide what you wanted to do with your life? Is this, is this current position something that, that you've always been in, or is this a new position uh, or a, a new path in your career? So yes and no. I started out out of school in, a, in, a, in the retail merchandising planning and analytics space. 
and spent many years uh, working for federated department stores and then mercantile stores in their in their corporate offices. So it was a very definitely, like I said, corporate layered environment. And then was recruited to go into that same sort of business and planning and analytics space with two different software companies. So I did that for many years and traveled and had a you know a very expansive footprint of of what we what we were doing, what I was doing, where I was going. North America and Central Europe were my territories. So <laughs> it was wow. it was fun. And then like I said, what you know, as we got on got down the path of, of life, decided to start a company. And my husband was uh, at the time uh, wanting to leave his corporate job. And we just said, let's do it. Um, and so I went into, went into that for a good 10, 15 years. And, and then um, because of some health conditions that he had, I said, I really, really want to get back into the analytics and, and, and planning and, and business intelligence space. So I made the jump back in and it's, I don't have any regrets. I absolutely love the, doing what I'm doing now. So it's been awesome. fun. Thank you for sharing that. So we know that triumphs don't come without their struggles. Uh, right? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so can you share what some of your biggest struggles have been? Um, this could be both professionally or, or personally, and really just how you were able to get through them and how they affected you and, and what kind of impact it had on your life or career? Yeah, I think that's such a, such a good question. And you asked it the right way. You know, it's, it's a blend, I think, of, of what's happening in your personal life does affect what's going on in your professional life and vice versa. I don't think that the two can be separated. I think there are, there are folks that maybe are from that school of thought. And I know when I first started out in my career, there was a work life and then there was your personal life and never the two shall intermeet or intertwine. And, and as time has gone on, I have found that to be the furthest thing from the truth. I struggled with initially, like I said, starting the company and debating whether or not I even wanted to, you know, we wanted to do this. Um, and then it was a it was a field that I was was not 100% familiar with, and I had to learn. And and again, building a company from from scratch is you know it, you have to think about how you want to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, it was a struggle to to leave what I was doing, and it affected my personal life tremendously in a positive way. Um, but there were definitely some hiccups and some financial uh, sacrifices that we had to make. Um, you know, being responsible for employees and understanding, you know, that, you know, not one, not one framework fits everyone's life. Um, that to me was one of the most important things about having a company and, and working with, not just with people, but like that, that interaction with them, supporting your livelihood um, and accommodating uh, not just their personal life, like, you know, we had a we had an employee that had a special needs daughter, and we had an employee whose whose family was was going through uh, you know some some challenging times. And wearing that wearing that old school hat up, well, you know you can't you can't you can't work for us if you can't show up at eight o'clock every day. That just doesn't work, and I don't think that that works even now in today's world. So I agree. I I know I have found myself you know blurring those lines as well. And, um, I'm, I'm always thinking about things. So for me, I'll be driving down the street, you know, on, on my own personal time outside of work and I'll see something and that'll give me an idea or, or, you know, a, a 
an idea of how to solve a problem that I was having at work or an inspiration of how to do something differently or more creatively and vice versa. I'll be at work um, and I'll, I'll be tackling a, a project or something of that nature and something that happened, you know, in my personal life will, will kind of spark this, this idea of, of how to do this or how to incorporate that or a different perspective, um, which, which I think is better. You know, I'm, I'm not, well, I mean, I am taking work home with me because I'm working remotely right now, (laughs) but, but, you know, there's, there is that cutoff of, okay, I'm done with work now, but I think in the back of my mind, like things are still going, you know, things are still running and wheels are still turning and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, subtly still thinking about how to address this or how to incorporate that or how to make a project better in both, you know, my, my personal life and my professional life. So I, I do, and, and working for a company that is very, very supportive of a person's yeah. individual needs and, and is really focused on putting family first um, as part of their business practices. Just, it, it's such a wonderful company to work for that yeah. has that kind of mentality towards their employees, which just, you know, makes that, that employee loyalty even stronger and, and makes people work harder in further support of the company's goals and missions. So I, I agree. I, I don't think they can be separated. And I think it's better when they're not, in most cases anyways. Yeah. I mean, there's parts of your work life that are part of who you are. And it's part of your identity. And it's part of how you, you know, how you thrive, right? Um, so I, like I said, I, as time has gone on, um, it's, such a, it's such a, to your point, you get inspiration Sometimes when you're not even thinking about, you know, work per se, it just comes to you and, and then ta-da, yeah, you're, you're, you're using that, you know, in the morning or the next day when, you know, in a meeting or something like that. So, yep. Absolutely. So let's take a moment and focus on your biggest triumph. Can you share what that triumph was and, and what made it so great for you? Yeah, I think, and this is this was hard to answer because I I'm a person that lives in life sort of every little, there are, there are small things that just bring me happiness you know like every there are little things that are triumphs to me and you know that that ability to kind of identify you know what what is happening right now um, is so important and I think starting the company like I said, it was a big, big thing for me. So that as much of it was a struggle, it was also a triumph. So they, to me, they, inter, they intertwine. And then even deciding to go back to what I was doing, that was a huge, a huge triumph. You know, there's that, you know, inner feeling of, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do what I was doing before. I don't know if I, if I've been out of it for too long, is that going to, is that going to put me at a disadvantage? And, um, you know, interesting, interestingly enough, you know, the company that I'm with now, personally wanted to be in a, in a, in a smaller environment that, you know, wasn't a corporate scenario. Uh, so you're, there is that team interaction and people, people do, you know, understand what's going on, you know, not all, not deep, deep sometimes in your personal life, but enough to know, like, I'm getting married this weekend, not me, but somebody from our team just got married over the weekend. And it was one of those things where we were just so excited for him. So when I say, what, what is my biggest triumph? I look at, you know, where, where are things at right now? Is there peace in my life? Is there serenity in my life? Am I, is, can I recognize joy and, 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 and embrace that 
that to me is, is a triumph that didn't happen when I was younger. And, and I'll be very honest, it didn't happen um, even in my personal life uh, for many years for a handful of reasons. But at this point, I, I can confidently say that's a huge, a huge win. So I think that's absolutely beautiful. And I love it. And I, I love that that's how you describe your your triumphs is that that joy and serenity and you know happiness rather than I met XYZ you know financial goal or something something I think that's, that's that's a result that that results in and and sort of doing you know this being present thing I, I don't know how how else to describe that I know it sounds kind of cliche and quirky um, and everyone talks about it but it's hard, I think, sometimes to get your arms around it. And when, when that happens, that's, that's the, that to me is the secret sauce. Could not agree more. Thank you so much for sharing that. So we face, all of us face hard times. We were talking about this before we started our interview. Yeah. So do you have any tips or tricks that you use to get through those hard times or, or to really push through, you know, the worst of times? Yeah, your questions are just amazing. Like I said, when I was when I was preparing for this, in my in my opinion, there's there's things that you have to think about in the and I say in the present. You know, things that are happening right now that are not good. <laughs> uh, everyone's going through, uh, you know, what we went through with with COVID, and now this un you know sort of this unrest with going what's going on with the election. And I think there's a constant under undercurrent of of you know insecurity. And I, and when I look at, you know, how do, how do I stay centered and how do I stay grounded? I think to myself, this is temporary. This, this too shall pass. You know, this is, this is not how it always has to be. And I say that if things aren't working for me, that means I have to change something about myself. So if I'm in a rut or if, or if something's not moving in the direction that I want, or if things aren't happening at the, at the pace that I want. I look at myself and I say, what, what should I do different? I don't typically, I mean, I used to blame circumstances or other people. And I, I got to a point where I just said, you know, I've got to make the change. Otherwise, it's, it's a pointless uphill battle and I'm um, banging my head against the wall. So I look, at, I look at the situation, whatever it is. My family's struggling with some things right now personally. And, you know, it, even with work, you know, there's some clients that aren't, you know, aren't performing the way we want them to perform. All right, what should I be doing differently? And I, I look back at, at what I've changed and I, and I approach it with, with, and I think other, you know, your other speakers touched on this too, is this attitude of gratitude. And if I stay thankful and if I stay, you know, cup half full versus cup half empty, that changes things. And I can very easily get to the cup half empty side of the fence. <laughs> and I have to pull myself back over and say, you know, it's not, it's not as bad as you think and, and be happy and be grateful for the things that are going right. So thank you so much for sharing that. And, and I'm certain that that will, um, that will ring true for a lot of our listeners as well. Um, and I can definitely attest to, to changing that mentality and what a difference that makes. Um, I know for most of my life, I, definitely held on to that victim mentality. Everything was happening to me. Everything was everybody else's fault. You know, it was never because of anything that I did or could have done. Um, and, you know, when I learned to change my mentality, everything changed. Everything yeah. changed. 
And, you know, I was less angry, less frustrated, less depressed. I had less anxiety. Um, it, it was just amazing how much that, that shift in our perception and our, our shift in our understandings can just open up this entirely different world. Um, yeah. that, and it's a that, process. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I don't think it's it's something that you can switch on and switch off. At least I can't. I mean, for me, it's been a constant, like, I've got to work at this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just happen overnight. And it doesn't just happen, you know, when I feel like it. Usually when I feel like it is the least amount of is when I don't want to do it, right? Absolutely. (laughs) But it's so worth it. So worth it. And, And just, you know, makes life so much more enjoyable, even when you're going through challenging times. Yeah it can be more enjoyable than you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your circumstances don't have to dictate and, and, and tell you how you have to, how you have to be. Yeah, absolutely. You can still maintain a degree of inner peace regardless of, of what the outer circumstances are. And, yeah. and when we get to that place and, and operating from that mentality, it's just life's not the same anymore. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it, it's wonderful. I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you. Well, thanks. So as women, you know, we were juggling a multitude oh, yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> multitude of different things, you know, career and family, household responsibilities, illnesses, caregiving, you know, all of these different things. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you maintain a work-life balance? And uh, as an employee, what do you think that employers could do to be more supportive? I think that's a really good, uh, a good way to, to position that with this work-life balance. And it's, I mean, again, every, I think that's a very common, a common discussion right now is how do you do both? And, you know, now that we've all gone virtual and it's this, you know, I, I don't get to see my team in person anymore. So I have to make an extra effort to kind of maybe see if they want to get together for something or not in person. And some people are, and I think when you said, what does that mean? It's a respect factor, I think, from an employee and an employer perspective. I think circumstances for different are different for different folks. And again, I may think that, you know, I'm okay being socially distanced and, and, and doing what I feel is right, but someone else may be in a very different situation and they're concerned that they're going to pass the virus on to an elderly family member. You know, you can't judge and, and I think have that what works for me is going to work for everybody else mentality because right now it's a, you've got to understand and I think realize what, what other people and put yourself in their shoes, what they may be going through. And I think that's hard to do. It's hard for me to do from time to time. So that respect factor and, and juggling, like I said, you know, A to Z and, and family and job and, and parents. And it's all part of, I think, living with what I call a day-to-day and mentality. You know, I can't think about too much in the future. <laughs> I mean, I plan for certain things. Um, but you can't, you can't think about what's going to happen in a, a you know, and spend your life worrying. And then at the fl- on the flip side, the past is a past, you know, it, it, there's gotta be a level of let it go and, uh, and move on. And, and sort of, like I said, this day by day kind of thing right now is, is what I think is keeping, at least keeping me afloat. <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And, and I think, I think a lot of people are stuck in that rut of, 
you know, looking back to the past and wondering, you know, what if, or, you know, could I have done something different or yeah, ruminating over something? Should have thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ruminating over something that happened good or bad. Um, but also, like you said, on the flip side, looking to the future and wondering what if, you know, am I going to be okay? Is my family going to be okay? What's going to happen? You know, things like that. And we forget to, to be right here right now. Yeah. And looking to the past is, is useless because you can't change it. <laughs> so well, why stress out over it? And the yeah. future, the future's not here yet. Yeah. So you can't control that either. All, all we have, all we can do is focus on the present moment and what can we do now yeah. to, to make our life better and to, to, to do better and be better because we can't go back to the past and we can't go to the future. Yeah. Neither one exists. Yeah. All we have is, is right here, right now. Um, my son shared something with me that was so, so apropos because um, I was, my mom, my mom has Parkinson's and she's actually, mm-hmm. she's immobile right now or she's at home. She can get around, but um, I was really like in a funky place with, you know, understanding what I wanted to do to try to help her and, and sort of planning out, you know, this person aid comes on this day. And I had this whole like thing laid out. And my son said to me, mom, are you setting, are you setting your boundaries? <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, now that you say that, I'm probably not doing that good of a job of it. But for, for my son to say that to me, you know, as a 14 year old, oh, he's 15 uh, this weekend. That was, it was such a good reminder to me. Number one, that, yeah, I think we all need to help each other and boost each other from time to time and, and have that bandwidth to say, you know, this is, this is feeling tight or tension. I'm feeling tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that little reminder from him was like, okay, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm a little too tightly wound right now. I got to take it back a step. And yeah, it was just so good to hear from him. It's definitely a wonderful reminder. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Set those boundaries and, and to keep to them, you know, for, for our own sanity and our own well-being. Yeah. Absolutely. So Rhonda, how do you define success for yourself and do you have any tips or habits that you can share that, that help you to be successful? This was great. And it's, it's, it's right in a line with the book I'm reading right now. So when I, when I saw this was, this was part of the, the, the discussion for today, I thought this is so in alignment. I'm reading a book. Well, I'm reading a couple of books right now, but I'm reading a book right now called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And she talks about which I think is the best way to describe it. When you said, how do I define success? It's listening to your knowing. And I use that word knowing. Um, I don't know if anyone's read that book or not, but she describes it in a way in her book that I think is so like point on. There's, a, there's that gut feeling or that, you know, I have that understanding of like where, what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. And it's so easy to let that evaporate and let that just kind of float away. And as I, as I, as I'm reading her, her words and, you know, her chapters, that to me is being in touch with that and staying in touch with that and reminding myself daily, what is my gut telling me? Am I too tired? (laughs) Do I need to take a break? Do I need to, do I need to amp it up a little bit? You know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not performing or not doing what I should be doing. Um, And, and what can I eliminate? Uh, What's, what's too much? So that, that is what success looks like to me is, is understanding that there are things that are frivolous that I just need to say, nope, I'm not going to get to that. And there are things that are important for right now that need to be addressed. And that could be, 
you know, a client that called with something that's just there, something broke and we got to fix it right now. Or number two, you know, my daughter is, is, you know, like you recovering from a concussion and her, you know, her head's pounding. So those are the things you just have to be aware of and understand how to embrace what's going on right now. And that's, that's success for me. So a wonderful description. Thank you. So now let's take a, a little bit of a shift and reflect. Um, so if you could reflect on what is the best advice that you've ever received? This is so hard because there's so many good things people have said and things I've read and, you know, all that along the way. But I have to, I have to go back to, you know, live each day sort of one day at a time and really, really try to, to try to do your best to be present. And I know I've said that probably five different times in three different ways already. But as, as I reflect and look at what, what I want to change and do differently, it's to do that more. And it's to really, you know, stay in that, in that moment of, of who I'm talking to, what I'm, what I'm involved with at that point in time. You know, I'm putting my cell phone purposely away right now, not just with you, but you know, if I'm in a meeting, that's off and it's, it's away. So um, unless someone's in the hospital that I need to know about, you're what's important right now. So staying, staying in touch with reality right now is what, is what I think is, is the most important thing. I love it and could not agree more. <laughs> Excellent. So is there something that you wish you would have known sooner in life that you can share? I think it took a while for me to, to really understand the the joy and the benefit of giving back. Um, and I know that is, it's part of this, you know, enjoy the journey, but think about, I, I want to say give back, meaning an attitude of gratitude with sharing that, that, that we are in, that we have enough that we can, we can either help someone that's in need financially, or you can maybe donate a little bit of your extra time to, to listen to someone who's, who, who may not, be in your circle or to spend time with them. Like I said, I think time is one of our our most valuable resources. And, you know, as I've been involved with, you know, our church and some other organizations along the way, that has been, I think that that sort of give back thing. I don't think that was stressed enough to me as I was growing up or, or, I mean, it kind of was, but it's kind of one of those things if you had time to do it. And now I make time to do that. And it's, it's, it's one of those, it's like the icing on the cake kind of thing <laughs> um, to see someone's face or to, to really have that connection with someone after, after helping them. Absolutely. I, I love that. And, and like you said, like for me as well, it's not something that, that really sunk in until, you know, later, later down the road, later yeah. down the road. And it's, I wish I could remember the the name of the the scientist or the researcher, um, but I had had read that you know when when we're serving others and and extending that unconditional love to others, there's actually a, a chemical or a molecule in our brain that actually causes us to feel that that same love that we're extending to others that that that's what makes us feel so so good and so full of of love and compassion like yeah. we're we're feeling what it is that we're giving to others yeah it just that that really stuck with me and 
I got to look yeah. that up now. Now you've got me curious. <laughs> it was, yeah, I wish I could remember who it was, but, but that's definitely something that, that I've observed for myself as well when I'm volunteering and, and, you know, helping others with, with no concern for, for any kind of outcome or any kind of um, return, like just doing it selflessly to help right. someone else without expecting anything that it just, you know, fills me with so much gratitude and love and, and helps keep me humble, but, but inspired. It's yeah. this phantasmagorical experience. It's wonderful. Phantasmagorical. That's it. I like that. <laughs> I like that word. Yeah, it's a fun word. <laughs> but I, I think it really does describe it. It's just this, this, you know, kind of indescribable feeling when, when you're serving others and, and putting somebody else first. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. It's, it's counterintuitive to a certain degree, I think. Um, especially, like I said, as, you know, with, even with my kids, um, I don't think they, tr- they don't truly get it yet, but they will, I think, at some point. But yeah, when you when you have that happen, and then you finally realize this is pretty cool. Yeah, what you just described nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Thank you. So, big question: What advice would you give to young women beginning their careers? I think the biggest tip I would give anyone is to, and I go back to that: listen to your knowing, listen to your gut. It's not going to lie to you. If something doesn't feel right. If you're in a situation that is is compromising who you are, then it's got to change. Um, and sometimes you can't change it right away. You can certainly put the ball in motion to to change it. So I'm going to say, listen to your knowing. It will not it will not steer you wrong, and it's there for a reason. Excellent advice. Thank you. So Rhonda, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, I think the best way is via my, via my email or my cell. Um, and we can certainly post that or, you know, p- pass that along after the video, or I can certainly give that now, whatever you prefer. Well, this will be on podcast. So yeah, yeah, that's um, what I thought. Let's, let's go ahead and have you share it. Sure. My cell phone is uh, 216-577-4644. And then the best way to reach me is my, I probably say my work email. So it's rtoth, T-O-T-H at vision360.com. It's V-I-Z-I-O-N and then the number 360, 360.com. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Yeah. It has been an absolute privilege speaking with you. Thank you again for taking the time for this interview. It's been my honor. And thank you for everything you're doing too, Shanti. And thank you to Lucy and Ken. Thank you so much. So On Technology Partners wants to thank you for joining us on this episode of Women's Stars. If you'd like to nominate a woman to be interviewed for Women's Stars, please email their contact information and your reason for nominating them to stars at ontechpartners.com. My name is Shanti Harkness. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for joining us on today's journey. Remember, you are all Women's Stars. If you wish to learn more about our Women's Stars program, or want to be a guest on our show, contact us at stars at ontechpartners.com. And thank you to On Technology Partners for helping me make this program a reality. Remember, we at On Technology Partners want to help you protect your team from hackers. To learn more about our cybersecurity services, go to ontechnologypartners.com.